Good morning, everybody. So I'm just going to stand here. It's all very difficult, isn't it, at the moment? Lovely to see so many people here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining in on our first Lyceum service. This is a service where we will be introducing some of the history of spiritualism. It goes back many, many hundreds of years, and we have had some great people within our movement who have instituted great social changes. It's a religion of great richness and something we don't hear too much about. So once a month we were having this as part of the service to engage and inform and delight. And I could not have asked for two better mediums to introduce this theme, this energy into Paul Church than the lovely Al and Jeff Cox. Gentlemen, why are you laughing? <laughs> Stop laughing, what's the matter with it? I wonder where you got lovely from. <laughs> Gentlemen, we're looking forward to your service greatly today. Thank you for being here with us today. And um, we will now hand over to Jeff for the opening prayer. Yes. Thank you very much. Let us be still and within the power. Let us sit within that power that power that we call our God. Divine and creative spirit, whom we call our Father God, during these difficult times over the last year or so, we have learned many lessons. We have learned that the power of your love 
is always with us, always beside us, guiding us through these difficult times. It has also taught us the true purpose of our lives here upon this earth plane. So we ask that that purpose may be put to good use by learning through the hard times we gain spiritually on our spiritual pathway through this life. We think of those who are lying on beds of sickness with this terrible virus, but also with many other types of viruses and illnesses. And we ask that your healing angels will reach out to touch each and every one of them according to their individual needs. We think of the animal kingdom, those animals that give us so much love and so much joy, and especially the wild animals whose habitat has been taken away through greed for money. We ask that their habitat will be replaced so that the animal kingdom once again can enjoy the freedom of their lives. And so, Father God, we think of the children of this planet, for they are the future, and we ask that as responsible adults, we teach them aright, we teach them of the way forward on their spiritual pathway through this life. And so now, Divine Spirit, we invite into our presence those of our inspirers, our guides, our helpers, asking that they will enjoy this service with us this morning. And we ask that everything that is said and done will be of the very highest and best and to the honour and the glory of thy name, which is eternal love. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. And now, if you would care to, join in by saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And leave us not when in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you all. Gentlemen, I now hand over to you, please, for our Lyceum part of the service. Right, I'm not going to read uh, off. These are, are just little notes, because when you get to 39 and a bit, we forget, we forget dates, so it's literally just to give us some sort of an idea if what's well, all of a sudden you dry up, <laughs> oh, which can happen, and so I can glance down at the dates. But I would, we really wanted to talk. Uh, I'm a little bit deaf this morning, you'll have to forgive me, but I can't get an appointment to have my ears syringed until the 29th of this month. So you might have to shout at me during the demonstration. But we're talking really about the history of spiritualism. A very dear friend of ours from uh, Ontario, Canada, called Albert Batten, he's a fourth-generation uh, spiritualist. His grandfather and grandmother and his father and mother were spiritual leaders before him. 
he's spoken so many times and we've listened to his knowledge on spiritualism. And he said, spiritualism represents a process of evolution that is governed by an immutable, unchallengeable set of laws. It is the philosophical, scientific and religious reasoning which leads to the knowledge and understanding that everything in existence is divine and interdependent and is involved in an eternal process of evolving from a lower to a higher form of existence, progressing to higher levels of the purity and perfection of that form, always moving closer through an eternity of time to the source of its creation, a place from which it came and a place to which it shall return. Now when we talk about the history of spiritualism, we mainly talk about the history of modern day spiritualism, which began in 1848. But there were spiritualists around before that time. In fact, there had always been what they called seers in the old days in many of the Orthodox churches. And then when they became very powerful, the churches decided to get rid of them and uh, turn them into, or be termed as witches. Well, I'm not going to go into that whole story because you've probably heard that before. But if we go right the way back, you know, to uh, 1688, to a gentleman called Emanuel Swedenborg. I wonder how many of you have heard of Emanuel Swedenborg. He had a great mind, and in fact today is considered as one of the three greatest minds ever in the world. He was born in Stockholm in Sweden in 1688, he was a Swedish scientist, philosopher, Christian mystic, and a theologian. He was actually born into quite a wealthy family, quite a religious family. His father was a minister in the Swedish church and became uh, a bishop. But you know, he was a, gr a great intelligent person. And he, he wrote many books, many of you may have read some of them, but it was thought that he was brought by Jesus to the spirit world whilst he was in a sleep state. It was to learn Jesus' truths and to try to bring back those truths into religion, so to create a religion that all dominations could come together and follow, and all follow that same truth. He wrote uh, an interesting book called The Heavenly Doctrine, and another book called Heaven and Hell, amongst many others, of course. And he was quite uh, influential, but today is very rarely spoken about. Another interesting, very interesting person who you may have heard about is Andrew Jackson Davis, born in 1828 in Blooming Grove, Orange County, New York State. Andrew was born into a, quite a poor family, unlike Emanuel Swedenborg, 
they were part of actually the nobility in Sweden. But Andrew Jackson, born into the poor family, his father repaired shoes, amongst other things, and he was a bit of an alcoholic who didn't take kindly to his son, Andrew Davis, Andrew Jackson Davis. He thought he was uninteresting, tall and lanky, skinny, long-faced, miserable-looking man. And Andrew Jackson Davis had no education until he reached the ages of around 11 or 12. But then he was a very, very quick learner. And suddenly he began to have clairvoyant visions. And this happened over a period of time. And so he decided to take that seriously and look into it. But he was introduced by a friend to a mesmerist and encouraged to go along and see this mesmerist. And he found him very interesting. The mesmerist recognised that Andrew Jackson Davis had a special gift and said, come along to me and I will teach you how to induce yourself into the trance-like state. So Andrew did that. He went along to him. For about two years, he sat with him until he could induce himself into the altered state of consciousness, which we tend to call it today, or the trance-like state. And during that state, he would have people come around, have meetings, and there'd be at least 23 people and a number of them taking notes of what came through Andrew whilst in that altered state of consciousness. And one night he came through with a teaching that was very, very special. He said that in that trance state that there were seven phases of consciousness and that we're living now in the first phase of consciousness one of the lower phases. But within each level of consciousness, there are many other levels. And that people who have done terrible things in life obviously will levitate to the, the lower levels, but everyone will have the opportunity to learn and to move higher onto higher levels. No one is left to rot away unattended by those in the spirit world who were precisely for that reason. And then he said, when we pass from this physical life, we will move to the second phase. We will have completed our task on the earth plane. I remember reading a story about Jesus when he was in Egypt. And he was watching as a funeral service came in. And this elderly lady was walking behind the coffin. And she was weeping. And Jesus said to her, why do you weep, woman? And she said, because inside that box is my son. And he said, but you don't need to weep for your son. Your son has merely finished his task on earth and is moving into the next phase of life to start the next task. And I think that's such a wonderful way of putting it because we're all here on a learning curve. Our spirit, our soul is here so that it can evolve 
and learn so that we can create that level of consciousness that you and I will go to in the next phase of life. A phase of consciousness, a level of consciousness, which I hope we will all be happy with. But friends, that depends upon us, how we conduct our lives on this plane. Andrew Jackson Davis was tremendous. And he is called really, in many, many ways, the creator of, of spiritualism. Because he forecast one year before it happened that there would be two children that would bring spiritualism into prominence in our world. That was in 1847. And of course, a year later, what happened? But the Fox family moved into the cottage in Hydesville in Wayne County in New York State. But the people had lived in that cottage before. It was a small cottage with only two bedrooms, one down and one up. And before they moved into there, Mr. John C. Bell and his wife lived in the cottage in Hydesville. In those days, there weren't the big superstores that we have today, and peddlers would go around the small towns and the villages peddling their wares. And the peddler turned up at the village, and he had actually been a friend or well-known to John C. Bell and his family. When he turned up, they had a young lady called Lucretia Pulver who was staying with them. She was only 15 and she was studying and she was helping out with Mrs. Bell. And then she realized that her parents, her family would like to see this peddler too. But after a little while, the peddler went off with John C. Bell and they went down into the cellar and Lucretia and Mrs. Bell heard this terrible row going on from the cellar. So Mrs. Bell said, Lucretia, I think it's time you went back home to your family. So, because I, I really don't need you here now. But three weeks later, Mrs. Bell called Lucretia back and said, I think everything is all right, you can come back now. Uh, my husband and I are going away for a short time and we'd like you to be in the cottage. But the first night that she stayed there, she heard these awful rappings and knockings and the house almost shaking. And she was terrified. So she called upon her brother and a friend to come and stay with her there whilst she was there. And of course, they experienced exactly the same thing. Well, in time, and because of time, um, we're going to move on to the fact that the bells eventually were so bothered with this knocking, they moved out of the cottage. And in 1848, the Fox family moved into the cottage. They had six children, but they moved in with only two of them, Margarita and Kate. Margarita being 12 years old and Kate being nine years old. They were farming people and they moved in there whilst they were having a new home built. And after a couple of nights, these knockings and rappings began in the cottage. 
and it frightened the family. And after a while, with this constantly happening, there would be a knock on the door, and Mr. Fox would go to the door, and there was absolutely nobody there. This happened on regular occasions. They got so frightened that they asked the girls to come up and sleep in their bedroom with them. Well, time passed, and these things continued continuously. The girls decided, well, it must be something that's causing it. So they decided to have a little bit of fun with, with whatever was causing these loud bangs and knocks. So they said, look, if there's somebody creating this, give us one knock for yes and two for no. Now, is there someone there that is creating this? And of course, one knock came. So they realized that there was something there that they didn't quite know that it was something, you know, an entity of someone who had been murdered, but they knew that it was some kind of a, an intelligence that was creating this. And eventually, over time, together with one of their brothers, they created a way of being able to put together names and things like this by saying, right, if we say A, knock once, twice for B, and so on through the alphabet, a long, laborious way of trying to get a communication. I'm sure it would drive us all mad if we had to do that today. But through that, over time, they discovered that the person that was communicating was Charles B. Rosner, a Jewish peddler and that he had been murdered in the cellar by John C. Bell, and that he was buried, his body was buried in the cellar. Well, Mr. Bell went down with some of the family and they dug the cellar floor up, but they could only go down so far because there was a stream running underneath the cottage and they came to water. They did find a few little bones of animals, birds, and a few little snippets of human bones, but it didn't mean anything to them. They eventually moved out and local people came in and they started to check because they felt there was such a big interest in it by now that there must be something. Spirit would not communicate for no reason. And eventually the walls started crumbling and the wood panelling on the walls, they took that off and found the body of Charles B. Rosner. I'm not sure that John C. Bell was ever charged with the murder, but this is when we refer to modern day spiritualism, when it started in 1828. Of course, the Fox sisters came on to be really good mediums and traveled all over America, and eventually came into Europe and into the United Kingdom. They were treated very badly by many people who came from different walks of life. You know, there was one gentleman, Judge Edmonds, who was very interested in what they did, but there were others who came in from high places who thought they were frauds. And they said when, they were tap, when the taps would come, they were just knocking their knees together. Well, I suppose to reach the back of a room, I'd have to knock my knees 
very, very hard, and I don't suppose I'd like the result of that. And they, were, they really were treated very badly, called frauds. But they continued. They stopped for a little while, but then came back to it and continued, you know, doing wonderful meetings at the Carnegie Hall in New York, traveling from coast to coast in America. But you know, they were the ones that opened the minds of all of those mediums who had gone underground. Because when the Witchcraft Act came in, they were in fear of their lives. And many lost them, as we well know. But once the girls, Margarita and Kate, came out and people began to listen and think maybe this is the beginnings of a new religion, they all came out of the woodwork and they started doing sittings and services. And that's why we refer to the Fox sisters being the beginning of modern day spiritualism, because that encouragement that those people that had the gift needed to come out into the open and put that gift to good use. I mean, so many people. Emma Harding's Britain, wonderful lady. She wasn't interested in spiritualism at first. She was a pianist. She was born of a father who was a sea captain. And she came over to America. Actually, she, she, she did shows in, in London. And she was brought over to America to star in a, a show on Broadway. And she was introduced to a medium who took her to one side and gave her such communication, such wonderful communication, that she was convinced. And she sat with this medium, and eventually she discovered that she too had those beautiful, beautiful mediumistic qualities. And she started to travel all over America, came back to England, or to the UK, and she was really impressive. She is, uh, we're told, she brought through the seven principles which are used in SNU spiritualism, but actually she brought through uh, five of them. The other two were added at a later date by the Spiritualist National Union. Emma was a wonderful lady and she did her part. She was well respected all over the world. But then there are people that there were scientists that were totally against spiritualism. Sir William Crookes. He was a physicist, a chemist. He was born in 1832 and he invented the radiometer. Now, the radiometer was picked up by a gentleman called Logie Baird, a Scottish gentleman, who eventually uh, created that into the cathode, uh, cathode ray tube that was used in early televisions. And he became convinced that spiritualism was the right thing. Crookes devised a simple test he placed a wire cage over an accordion. Hall placed his hand over the top of the cage. 
This was Douglas, Daniel Douglas Hume, who he also got interested in. And he invited Daniel Douglas Hume to come and sit here as an experiment, put in this cage over an accordion, and had Daniel Douglas Hume hold his hand over the top of the cage. And after a while, the accordion began to play on its own. Now, Daniel Douglas Hume was an incredible guy, and I'm sure my brother's going to talk a little about him in a little while, and I mustn't steal all the lines. Well, you, you can do, because Oh, I can. Oh, good. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Douglas Hume was able to levitate, and he was in an office, a first-floor office one day, had a group of people there, and he levitated up to the ceiling, out of the window and into the window of the room next door and then back down to the floor. Tried that many times, it just doesn't work for me, but there you go. <laughs> Gifted, that is absolutely <clears throat> wonderful. And so there were people like this that certain scientists became attached to and interested in. You know, the, the Crookes wrote in 1974, about researchers into the phenomena of spiritualism. The physical medium Florence Cook demonstrated through ectoplasm how the figure of uh, someone from the spirit world called Kathy King, the daughter of a buccaneer, the buccaneer Harry, Henry Owen Morgan, could materialise. And through things like this, through materialisations, things started to improve in spiritualism. You see, today we wouldn't want to be sitting down waiting for table tapping, would we, if in a service like this, so that we could give somebody a message. It has really, really moved on and progressed. And today we call it mental mediumship. And sometimes I think you have to be mental to be in it, but there you go. <laughs> you see, again, physical phenomena was Fantastic. And there were great mediums, an Italian medium called Eusebio Palladino, and also a wonderful, wonderful medium. Uh, and her name has just, as I said to you, I need these little headline notes, has just gone out of Leonora Piper, who traveled all over the world too, and really brought spiritualism into a reality. Now, it's not a reality for everybody, but it's a reality for those of us who realize that life is eternal, totally eternal. And so I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to pass over to my brother, who is much better than me, and uh, although he'd never admit it, so uh, thank you. Good morning. Well, I'm going to go more into the um, 1900s, the 20th century, uh, to s some very, very famous mediums um, who helped to bring mediumship forward to the masses. And uh, a gentleman who, first of all, two gentlemen, one Ernestone, who was president of the Spiritualist National Union from 1915 to 1920 and 22 to 23, a very fine medium who travelled the country, and uh, also Harold Vigas. I don't know how many of you heard of Harold Vigas, a powerful medium, president of the union from 1943 to 48. 
They were down in Bournemouth, unusually, and they were there to, uh, Ernest was to chair an evening and Harold to give the prayers for a medium called Vincent Turvey. Now, this medium was quite unusual. He was nicknamed the Phone Voyance. Now, that sounds a bit strange. You'll understand why when I tell you. Because he used to pick up contacts from spirit, the spirit world before he did his services. And, of course, Ernest and Harold found this very strange. So, whilst they were out in Bournemouth, were out shopping and they went into a fruit and veg store and they decided to phone Vincent Turvey up, you see? A, bit of a little bit of fun. And so, Ernest rang uh, Vincent's telephone number but he had to go into a shop to ask the owner of the shop could he use his phone because of course there wasn't the mobile phones and the amount of phones we have around today. He rang the number and Vincent Turvey answered and said hello Ernest Oton how are you? Before Ernest had uttered a word he said so Ernest thought I'm going to test him he said what am I doing? So Vincent said, you've got your hand in a box of apples. Wow, he said, yeah. And what am I doing now? He said, you've just picked up a cabbage. Wow. So he said, um, somebody wants to speak to you. So before Harold had chance to put the phone to his ear, he said, hello, Harold Vargas, how are you? So Harold was astounded and he said, well, come on and tell me, what have I got in my hand? He said, a tomato. And he had. So they went for that evening. No, before that, they, he was invited. Uh, they were invited to go along to Vincent Turvey's for an afternoon tea. And when they got there, Vincent said, look at this. He showed them a piece of paper with all the chairs marked out on this piece of paper of the hall where he was going to work that evening. And he had marked certain chairs out to which he was going to give the messages. And uh, Ernest Oton said to him, well, how can you possibly do that? I find that very strange. Oh, he said, spirit work through me. They tell me where I've got to go, to the chairs I've got to go to. And when I get there tonight, I will know where I'm going and I will then give the messages. Well, Ernest and Harold thought, well, I've heard that before. So they went into the hall that evening it was packed apart from one chair at the very back of the hall. And so Ernest and Harold said, oh, we've got them here. There's a very vacant seat at the back. That's the one you were supposed to go to. Well, just as Ernest, just as Vincent was coming onto the platform, the door opened and a gentleman walked in and sat in that last chair. Now, he gave messages to everyone sat in the chairs that he had predicted in that afternoon and when asked afterwards every person said that the messages were accurate and correct and they couldn't believe it fantastic tom and mabel hibbs they ran a summer school in south wales very very intelligent wonderful people um knowledgeable and they ran that school for many many years along with Alec and Louis Harris. Now, Alec Harris was a well-known medium, very powerful medium, who 
was a physical medium also, and in his home would sit with people with only the firelight, and then through his trance-like state, ectoplasm would appear, and a spirit person would build up within that ectoplasm and would walk around and talk to everybody in the room before going back to Harold and disappearing. Very rare do we ever see anything like that today, hardly ever. And yet, uh, he was very, very good, Alec, at producing that ectoplasm. You see, my friends, it is the pure trust in spirit and the spirit world. For you know, nothing is impossible with spirit. They can make anything happen. We only have to stand and trust them. Then, of course, um, Gordon Higginson, who was the president of the Spiritual National Union for 23 years, from 1970 to 1993. I don't know how many of you ever heard or saw Gordon Higginson, one of the greatest mediums and orators that you could ever wish to meet. Um, when he walked into a room, the power, the energy was unbelievable. And he was another medium who travelled all around the country and the world, uh, demonstrating his mediumship, but also a physical medium who, before he gave his demonstrations to many, many people in a room, the room would have to be searched to make sure that there was nothing in that room that could be used falsely in the demonstration. And Gordon himself had to be almost strip-searched before he went out onto the platform. When he went out, he would be fastened to a, to a chair, his arms would be tied and knotted, his legs tied and knotted so he couldn't move, and there was an occasion when someone, when he was in, in a deep state of trance, to prove that he was in trance, stuck a needle in his arm, and no blood or anything came out, and he didn't even feel it. When he was in that deep state of trance once again, like Alex, Alec, he could then, after a while, develop, coming out of all the orifices, the ectoplasm, which would flop onto the floor and build up a spirit person as alive as you and me. They would walk around the whole room chatting to people, talking, hugging people that they knew, and then they would make their way back to Gordon and disappear into the ground like nothing had happened. Then, of course, Eric and Heather Hatton. Eric was a vice president for eight years to Gordon Higginson, a wonderful speaker, Eric Hatton, and his wife, Heather, a wonderful medium. He was president for a short time of the Spiritist National Union until he had a, a heart attack, which uh, meant that he couldn't continue in that role. However, for many years, they travelled all over the world talking about spiritualism, the history of spiritualism, and demonstrating in a way that they became greatly loved by everyone that they met. They were trustees of the JV Trust. Now, I don't know how many of you have heard of the JV Trust. Maybe you've had the opportunity to go to Stansted Hall free of charge once a year. Christine and Roy Wandless, who were ardent spiritualists, left much money, I think it's around about £6 million, to the Spiritualist National Union to Stansted Hall. And one of the conditions was that once a year, 
that part of that money was used to invite spiritualists from various churches. It didn't have to be SNU churches, Christian spiritualists, any other spiritualist churches, free churches, to apply to have a free week at Stansted Hall. All they had to do was find their way but there and back. And, of course, this was signed by Eric and Heather, and, of course, in front of the Wanderers, and, of course, uh, they signed that along with Hugh and Margaret Davis, who the four of them became trustees of the JV Trust. Now, the JV Trust has done so many amazing things over the years, and uh, that was done in the, 19, in the 1990s, I should say. And they've done many things, lots of repairs to Stanton, helping churches with repairs, people who become ill, sending them flowers and cards, etc. And the, it, it goes on and on and on and on. Wonderful work that they have done. But Eric, if you ever listen to Eric speak, Eric Hatton, you just sat there absolutely gobsmacked. It was amazing to hear him speak. The knowledge was unbelievable. And of course, Arthur Findlay, Sir Arthur Findlay, who bequeathed his home, Stansted Hall, to the Spiritualist National Union because of his true belief in spiritualism. He hadn't a single doubt about it. What a gift to receive. I don't know how many of you have been to Stansted Hall, but it sleeps about 100 people. It's huge and is a very beautiful home as a college for developing mediumship and knowledge of the spirit. Spiritualism became legal, because it was illegal, for many years in 1951. And, of course, it was brought through mainly by Sir Winston Churchill, who helped it to become legal. Now, many of you may not have known uh, Winston Churchill's interest in spiritualism, but he had a great interest in it. Wonderful that it's become legal, because, you see, before that, we were not allowed to have our churches or meeting places. It was done underground, behind locked doors. And, of course, there are many, many people um, who took their lives in their hands, like Helen Hughes, and then Helen, and I've lost the last name. Duncan. Helen Duncan, sorry now. Most of you must have heard about Helen Duncan because she was also a deep trance medium and a physical medium. But of course she worked in the time when spiritualism was illegal. And one night, I believe it was in Portsmouth, she was giving a demonstration behind locked doors because they had to be locked uh, for safety's safety reasons and during that demonstration she gave a message to a woman whose son was in the navy and she brought him through i'm just going to make the name because i don't know exactly the name i can't remember that but say his name was billy she said i've got your son billy here and he was working on um, a ship in the navy during the war second world war and she said, uh, he's telling me that his ship has gone down and has been torpedoed. And the mother sat there, said, I don't know, not that I know of, she said. Well, we'll cut it short to tell you that they got in touch with the Ministry of Defence, who had kept it quiet, and the ship had been torpedoed, and the lady's son had gone down with the ship, unknown to her or anybody else. She even gave his rank. 
his, the nickname that people called him. But one day the police broke in to a meeting she was taken and shocked her out of the trance-like state which gave her very ill health and eventually led to her death. And she, her family has been waiting for a pardon because they, uh, they accused her <coughs> of being a spy for the, German, the Germans because she could tell them where the U-boats were going to be before they were there. And it worked. But because she gave them all this information, they arrested her and she was sent to prison as a spy. You see what spiritualists have gone through, my friends, so that we can have our services here today. Lillian Bailey, wonderful medium, who gave uh, seances and messages to the Queen Mother, to the Queen and Prince Philip, to uh, Princess Margaret, Princess Alexandra and the Duke of Kent, and the Queen Mother, until she died, kept in touch with Lillian Bailey. Coral Polge, wonderful spirit art or psychic artist, whichever you want to call it, drew these wonderful pictures of people from the spirit world whilst giving the message. And when the pictures were held up against a person who received the message who would bring a photograph, they were identical to the photograph. The power of the spirit, my friends. Mary Duffy, <coughs> Minister Mary Duffy, who spent her life going round church, a serving spirit, uh, spent hardly any time in her own home. She was so dedicated to the world of spirit and her spiritual work. When she was on the way to Stansted Hall in the taxi from the airport, she made her transition in the taxi going to Stansted Hall. How sad, but shows how dedicated this lady was. We've had some amazing mediums, and I'm going to go very quickly over them. People like Jill Holland, Jean Bassett, Robin Stevens, who would work with being blindfolded and give the message so you couldn't see who the recipient was. Try it. It's difficult, but it works very well. Hugh and Margaret Davis. Hugh was, of course, born into a spiritual family. His mother was a deep trance medium, and he was a deep trance medium. Margaret, a very fine medium. Mediums of today. Oh, and I just want to miss, uh, get one in because it's very interesting. Albert Best. I don't know how many have heard of Albert Best. Travelled from born in uh, Ireland, raised in Scotland. Travelled all over the world. But whilst he was in South Africa, he was invited to go and meet an African chief in an African village. And when he arrived there, he was taken to the chief. The chief was sitting in a trance-like state. So Albert sat and joined him, and all of a sudden, the chief raised his left arm up like this. And underneath his arm was Albert's wife, the spirit of Albert's wife, who had died some years ago. He was quite shocked, but a little while later, he lifted up his left arm and under the left arm were the spirits of his children who had passed away also. The power, my friends, of the spirit. Nothing is impossible. We have mediums today who will be 
part of the history of spiritualism in the future. And I'm just going to name a couple. Martin Young, I don't know how many of you have seen Martin Young, a very, very, very fine speaker and demonstrator, travels, does wonderful work with the medical profession. Eileen Davies, great medium and a great phys physical, uh, not physical, a, f a great trans medium, it'll come. A great dunkadote, a trans medium, and we've seen her many, many times, and it is spectacular to see her work. Gerard Smith, also one of the finest mediums. But I could go through name after name after name after name, which would bore you stiff probably, but of mediums who are taking spiritualism in this century, the 21st century, forward. And of course, everything, as I said, has to change, and new concepts are coming in all the time. But with these mediums of today, this movement for sure will go forward into the next few centuries. Thank you for listening. <coughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, wow, lots of information there, absolutely. <coughs> um, one of the benefits is in this day and age, we can actually go back online and review that part of the uh, service today. If there's any names, I noticed somebody writing a few names down, which is great because it is. We're all here today, stood on the shoulders of all these and many, many more people that went before us to allow us to come together, celebrate and worship our religion in this way. So thank you, gentlemen. <coughs> we now go on, we will have a short healing meditation just to quickly advise people, this service will go on longer than normal, so if anybody does need to leave, absolutely fine. Just make your way out. There's no need to ask for permission, all right? But now we'll go on to the healing meditation time. And as I always say, we are all healers. We are spirit, therefore we can heal. It is very simple. We tend to dress these things up and get these ideas. Your spirit, your link to the spirit energy, to the divinity within, in and through that knowledge, you can send out and ask for healing yourselves. So we'll just have a short time here with some gentle music, just to allow you to link in. Feel that heart of all creation. Feel that center point from where all things flow and all things will return. And be a part of that energy. And hold in your mind's eye those people, those places, those situations, wherever your healing talents are drawn to and just hold them in that energy of love of upliftment and healing so we're leaving now just for this short time
slowly, gently bring yourselves back to the point from which you started, sending out that acknowledgement, that gratitude and that love to be able to work in this way at this time. Amen. Before we move on to the evidential mediumship demonstration, I, these gentlemen have requested a piece of music, so here we go. This, this may work or this may not work. <laughs> Every
the healing music, shouldn't I? That would have been better, but never mind. Lost opportunity. Gentlemen, right. hand over to you. Yes. Please remember, ladies and gents, if either Al or Jeff should come to you and you wish to respond, it is perfectly permissible to drop your mask as you will become then part of the service. Right. So, without further ado, thank you. Right, this is where we come to life, ladies and gentlemen. No sleeping now, because nobody sleeps in the world of spirit, right? My darling, I'm coming to you. Yeah. Is it possible we can take the mask down just to... Yeah. yeah, lovely. Thank you, darling. <clears throat> Whilst I was sat there listening to that piece of music, I had a lady with me, darling. Um, I'm not seeing her, I'm sensing her, but I feel somewhere around my height, she may be a little taller, a little shorter, but I certainly don't feel I'm six foot something, if you understand me. Nicely covered in the, in the build of body, not a large lady, but covered, if you understand me. Don't if I'm looking at you with lovely skin, like you. Lovely, lovely skin with this lady. I feel very, very much with this lady, darling. I feel very much I could be on a motherly link. Do you understand me? Say no to me. Grandmother. Sorry, yeah, I know sometimes they all come through on mother. But I know this lady, darling, I wouldn't be afraid of hard work. Because I'm putting a, you know, one of those wrapped round pinafores on me and I'm getting stuck in. And I feel she would have spent a lot of time in the kitchen, this lady, you know. But she said, we all did in those days. That was the thing, you know. There was none of these uh, ready meals in those days, you know. Don't I feel very much with this lady? Although I've got an energetic lady in her younger life. I feel very much towards the latter part of her life, she went down rather quickly to the and faded away to the world of spirit. I don't feel that I lay on a bed of sickness for years before I went. Do you understand me? That's good, okay. Because that's the way she's making me feel. You know, I have got quite a little, nice little character with this lady, I, you know, because she's trying to make me laugh. She's telling me that you could do with a little bit of laughter in your life, darling, at the moment. Do you understand? Yes. She said, because things haven't been as you would like them to be. And I feel, darling, she's telling me there's been 
a kind of, there's been a loss to the world of spirit, you understand? Yes. I don't want to upset you, so don't tell me to stop. You know, I'm sorry, darling, I don't want to upset you. Sorry, I don't like doing that, but... Sorry. There's a gentleman very, coming very close to me, darling, who wants to come down, put his arms around you. You understand me? Yeah. Gentleman who I feel hasn't been gone all that long. But I feel very much, darling, I don't know if it was this gentleman that had a problem with his breathing towards the latter part, because he's telling me um, towards the latter part of his life, he had this problem with his breathing, uh, and he went rather quickly to the world of spirit, you understand? He said it was a shock to him and a shock to everybody. But darling, you know, he's so much around you. He said, I haven't gone anywhere, darling. I haven't gone anywhere. Please don't think I've left you. I haven't. I'm more around you now than I can ever be. More around you. And he said, please speak to me. Talk to me, darling, will you? Promise me you'll talk to me. And he said, you'll be surprised at what comes into your mind. The answer. But he said, you must have sensed him around in your home, darling, because he said he's been around you of late and he's been trying to let you know that, hey, I'm still with you. I'm still with you, you know? I'm a lovely, lovely man, darling, a lovely man. I feel a great deal of love for you, you know? And he wasn't afraid to show that love to you, if you understand me. Life sometimes brings us some hard things to face. But you know, he said, you will be fine because he will make sure you're fine. He will make sure. I'm trying to get him to give me a name, but I'm not going to guess it. I'll wait until he gives it to me, darling. You know, darling, he said you've been thinking about changes around you. Do you understand? He said, now this, you can take it or leave it this, but he says, Think very carefully before you make any drastic moves or changes. Okay? But whatever you decide, he says, he'll be with you 100%. He'll be with you. Because he knows it will be right for you. And that's all he's bothered about, darling. Oh, it's warm here. Well, that's all he's bothered about is that everything is right for you. I don't know who it's, I don't feel it says it, but I don't know who George is from the world of spirit, darling. I keep hearing this in my ear, George, I feel I'm going back quite a long way for this name. But don't worry if it doesn't click with you straight away, I don't worry. If they give me it, I have to give me, give them, you know. And also, <coughs> I don't like to say these things. Darling, he says, don't worry about your health. Now, I don't know why I have to say that to you. Do you understand? Because there's nothing, there's nothing to worry about. Just, no, I know what he's meaning. I know what he's meaning. Just because I went like that doesn't mean you're going to go like that. You understand? He said, because he'll make sure of that. He'll make sure of that. I want to try, I know we're late. I want to try and get as many messages in as we can. He thanks you for all the help and support you gave him because you did. He said you were there for him and he appreciates it. And he will always be there for you. Will you take his love, darling? And he said, please go forward with your life. I know it's difficult and he understands that because when he sees you cry, it upsets him. 
as well, you know. But he knows life has to go on, and therefore he will be there to help you through that. I'll say God bless. As most of you know, um, I'm, I'm a bit deaf this morning, so you might have to shout at me. Um, uh, Jeff and I work a little differently, and uh, I sometimes just get a name or something thrown at me. And I, as I was sat there, I've had a lady, and I feel a very gentle type of lady with this lady, and she told me her name was Kate. Now, it may be Catherine or Kathleen, but she was giving me Kate, and I also had a gentleman with her, and I know that the gentleman would have had a problem in his head. It was either, you know, really bad headaches or some problem with the head. Can anybody place me, Catherine or Kate, in the spirit world? Isn't it wonderful? That's gone well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Kathy. She had the head problems. Okay, the medium's always the one that's wrong, dear, not spirit. Mediums are definitely not perfect, I can tell you, especially him. Anyway, <laughs> I just know that this lady was quite a gentle lady, darling, because the way she came through, again, not carrying a lot of weight, I didn't get that feeling. She was quite slender and a little bit shy and retiring in many ways, although rubber up the wrong way and you might see another side of her you know but that very rarely came out unless in a sense you provoked her you know what i mean but i know i was getting these headaches and i don't know if it was just headaches or whether it was something more than a headache like a, a an aneurysm or a, yes, yeah i i knew it was something more than just a headache because it was quite severe but you know she said, towards the end, I didn't even know about it. Everybody else was seeing the pain in me, and I wasn't, you know, feeling it really. I was so far on my way out that I didn't feel it. <laughs> but she's also got a nice little gentle sense of humour as well, darling. And she's just wanting to make you laugh. You know, because she said, memories are lovely, but always think of the good memories. She doesn't want you to dwell on something in the past that has been kind of there, always in the background. Do you understand what I mean? It's almost like a disagreement with someone that I've held on to for quite a while. And she wants that to be you to let go of that because she said yesterday is history tomorrow's the future no point in hanging on to those sort of things darling you know she's just directing me I'm, I've got to get this right she's talking about a ring that went missing that was misplaced but that was found If you can't place that, hold on to it, will you, darling? Because I feel, I'm not meaning that you lost it, I feel that she lost it. Um, because she was saying that she found it, and that, you know, she was so afraid of saying that she lost it because she said she put it down somewhere and then okay, just... Know, 
Yeah, if you if you ask him, and then she she just forgot where she'd put it. It wasn't that it was really lost. She forgot. She said where she put it, and then of course suddenly the memory came back and she found it. But it meant so much to her. She was frightened of saying anything to anybody. I have the name of Robert or Bob with you, darling. Bob, Robert or Bob. But don't necessarily look on a family link. I feel it could be more on a friendship link. But if you can't take it, just hold it down because yeah, nine times out of 10, people come back at the end of the service and say, oh, I've got it because, well, if you're anything like us, our memories are terrible. <laughs> but then at 39 years old, you know, they're going to be. <laughs> I also, darling, uh, with you, I had a gentleman that came in and I put the, the head problem on the gentleman, but I believe this is grandfather. And again, I feel that this gentleman wasn't a big gentleman. I, you know, I don't feel he had a corporation or a bay window, but he was nicely built, but certainly not. Uh, but again, oh, uh, this man was really, he was quite with it, this gentleman, I believe. You know, he, he was nobody's fool. And, uh, but he, you know, he knew his place, he would sit in his chair, and he would only really speak up if the occasion, you know, arose. But he said, but I know that this gentleman was very clever. And I feel that he was clever with his hands, darling. And he just said to me, my hands were my gift in a way, if you know what I mean. Now I'm asking him to tell me in which way was he clever with his hands. And he says, mind your own business. <laughs> But I just know that he wants to bring an awful lot of love through to you because he loves to see you smile. Um, oh, I don't know why. I, I've just been taken into uh, country conditions, darling. I know that because I've just seen a horse and cart and things, and I know this is good memories for you, darling. And, you know, maybe it's in the past, long time in the past, but memories for you and that's what he wants you to do if you're thinking in the past look at the good times D don't concentrate on but not that you're a negative person not he's not saying that but this gentleman too you know he's pulling me up straight but i feel that he had either a problem around this area before he passed away darling and i'm not sure if it's lungs or heart does that make sense to you yeah, okay, because he put my hands there, and I know when he does that, it's either lungs or heart. But, you know, he said, I'm fighting fit now, I'm fighting fit, you know. But I know that this gentleman, you see, he's given me the impression of, <coughs> he went down like that. In the beginning, I'm not saying he, he passed straight away from, but he, he just collapsed. Does that make sense? I didn't know when he died. Oh, you didn't know when he died. Well, can you just take what he's telling me? He said, I was just standing talking one minute and whoosh, I went down. But he didn't die from that. It was later on that he passed, he recovered from that. But he said it was just a terrible feeling because I was on, standing up one minute and on the floor the next. Um, I want to give you the name of Mary, darling, from the spirit world, Mary. Isn't it funny when somebody gives you before, it has to yeah. be there, but just yeah. so we can't recall it, you know. And I'll see if they'll give me any dates. I want to go to June. We're in June now, and there should be a birthday or an anniversary in this month, darling. But I feel as though it's coming up. Yeah. 
And I want to go around about the third week of June, around about 20th, 19th, 20th, 21st, around that date. They're not giving me exactly, just tell me around about that date. And I also want to go to October, please, because there should be a very special one in October. Yeah. Will you just take the love and we'll try to move on quickly, because yes, I can see it's going to be dinner time by the time. <laughs> I take the love of the grandmother and grandfather and know that they're very much with you. Thank you. Going to the lady right at the back with that lovely red hair. Hello. Uh, once again, my dear, I've had a lovely lady with me who I feel very much somewhere around my height, not seeing her, sensing her, not, he not heavily built in the build of body, not at all, rather on the slim side, if you understand me. But a lady I feel very much I could be on a motherly vibration with, you understand, yes. Because of the love and the energy that's going towards you, it had to be that of a mother, you know. A uh, lady I want to say was quite a private lady in as much as my business was my business, got nothing to do with anybody else except the family, do you understand? Um, Oh, I don't mean a stick in the mud, don't get me wrong. She, was f she had quite a lot of fun in her, you know. She liked a good laugh and that. But I feel very much a, quite a clever lady as well, you know. She was nobody's fool. And I feel very much in her home. Everything had its place. You weren't frightened to sit down, I don't mean that much, you know. But everything had its place. And that's the way she liked things organised in her life. And she said to me, that you're very much like her in that respect. You would never see her going out with rollers in her hair or anything like that. Oh, no, never. Hair had to be nice, dressed beautifully. You know, the way she presented herself was very important to her and the people around that she loved, you know. I feel once again with this lady, darling, I don't feel that she suffered a lot in her life towards the end. I feel once again she went down rather quickly to the world of spirit and lovely way to go, a lovely way to go. She's been around you in your home, well, you know this, she, she says to me, fancy telling her that because she knows that, always around you in your home, you know. She says, I'm trying to keep my eye on her to make sure she's doing things right. <laughs> she's having a little joke with you, you know. Little joke. Um, I had a Mary with me going in my ear. It's not this lady's name, but there must be a Mary in the world of spirit. Can you hear me all right, darling? Yes. If I get closer to this, am I better? You can hear fine, okay. And also, darling, just a moment. I know it's a common name, but John or Jack also I keep hearing. And I've got a gentleman who's pulling me up and pulling my shoulders back because I'm such a terrible slumper. Terrible. Um, and I feel this gentleman would have at some time worn an army uniform, please. Do you understand me? Very smart. Very smart. And he looked rather good in his uniform. So he tells me. I have to believe him. He said I was quite an eye-catcher when I had the... He's, a, he's a, quite a character, you know, likes a bit of a joke. And uh, he said, um, the girls used to like me when I was in my uniform. <laughs> he's having a little bit of fun with you, Don. But a lovely, lovely man. But also I feel very much, whether it was to do with the army training, with him, right was right and wrong was wrong. No grey areas in the middle, you know. It was either right or it was wrong. And I like that about him because that's missing an awful lot today, you know, in our society. 
and a very strong, healthy man, darling. I feel more athletic in his younger days, if you understand me. You know, um, I don't know who Tom or Thomas is, darling, from the world of spirit. I've just heard that in my ear. And also, oh, it's a name you don't hear. I keep hearing the name, and you're going to have to think about this one, I'm sure, the name of Gerald. 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 Well, I'm going back a long time. I'm not even sure if that name is in the family or whether it was just a, a, a friendship link or something, you know. But he just wants to be remembered. Gerald. <coughs> Never get that name normally. Also, Pat or Patricia. Pat or Patricia wants to say hello as well. Darling, your mum is very happy with you. Very happy. Jean has just called in my ear as well. Jean. Come on, I don't want all names, thank you. <coughs> like a few, but... <laughs> but your mum says your health is very good and she's very happy with it at the moment. Keep on that pathway that you're on. She doesn't see anything around you that's going to cause any alarm. So that's lovely, isn't it? Lovely when you get something like that. So that we're not warning you, you know. But um, not that we're here for that. Darling, also, somebody around you is suffering with the lower part of the spine. Do you understand? Yeah, because when they put my hand there, I know that's what they mean. <laughs> and I know it can be awful when you're sitting for a long time and you, you come to get up and it's kind of like, ooh, you know. And also down the legs just a little bit, you know. There must have been, uh, been somebody in the world of spirit who suffered with their legs getting around before the, they pass to the world of spirit because I know, I'm not saying they're necessarily in a wheelchair although they could have been but they're not showing me that but I know they had problems getting around when they were here to the latter part of their life that's all I'm saying the latter part of their life <coughs> there must be some jewelry darling that you have that belong to ma'am in the world of spirit because she liked nice jewelry she didn't like cheap tat, you know. It had to be nice. I'm not saying it was Cartier or anything like that, but it had to be nice. And she must have left some rings, darling, and some necklaces and some earrings, please, because she's just put my fingers there, my hands there. And so she wants, she wants you to wear them. She, she's not telling me whether you do or you don't, but she hopes that you wear them sometimes. Because the minute you wear them, boom, she'll be with you, you know, right there. She's got so much love for you and so much respect for you. So she says, thank you for everything you did for me. Because she knows you put yourself out a great deal and things had to go on hold whilst you took care of mum. Okay, will you take her love? I said, oh, the month of December, darling. She's just given me the month of December for uh, birthdays, wedding anniversaries, passings, and November and January. Okay. I say, God bless you. <coughs> Gentlemen, thank you, thank you, thank you. An absolutely beautiful service. Thank Brilliant. Uh, everything I wanted and a little bit more, so thank you. We could ask for the closing blessing, please. Thank yes. you. <coughs> Infinite Spirit, Divine Father God, we thank you for the opportunity of coming together in this beautiful church this morning we thank those who came from the higher realms of spirit to help in our service and to blend their energies with ours 
and we ask that we continue to seek the nectar of your love, your truth, your understanding, your forgiveness, and bring that into our everyday lives. And now we ask a blessing on each head bowed here this morning and the families that they represent. And we ask a blessing on the President and the committee of this wonderful church that we may walk in your love and your light and that the doors of this lovely church will be forever open for those seeking spiritual upliftment and love. We ask this in your name of eternal love. Amen. <coughs> Gentlemen, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you everybody for being here in the church. It's so nice seeing <coughs> people back enjoying their church again. Thank you too to all you wonderful people joining us from across the world today. I've just had a quick look and we've got uh, yeah, every corner of the world in, so thank you. Our next two services will be of the divine service format, and so that is this coming Wednesday at 3 o'clock and also next Sunday morning at 11 a.m. All it leaves me to do is wish you health, peace and happiness and endless, endless love. Thank you for joining us and good. go out and enjoy the day. Look, it's glorious. I would ask as you leave, if you would leave from the back first to save crossing over, uh, but just have a brilliant day. Thank you. Hotel. <laughs> it's, uh, I should have said that. It's all right. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? You're doing all right. It takes time. It takes time. Hello. You know, lovely to see you. I'm sorry we can't shake hands and all that. It's awful, isn't it? But we can't. Yes. 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 That's right. Yes. It, it takes time. You just have to give yourself time. And you know, sometimes we see this week, you know. Because we miss the camaraderie. She's always there. She's always there. I'd like you to come around sometimes. Speak to her. Speak to her picture. Oh, I guess really? I've got to play it really? the back. Probably nothing I could do with our church. You know that she plays it the back of me. He's probably forgot to announce Well, I have to say, it's mm -hmm. nice to see you again. I didn't know if you were, I did not expect well, you to come. <laughs> well, 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 he was. Well, I know, I don't know, but he said, talk as long as he wants. So, so nice to be here. That's exactly what he wanted. And so nice to see you come and say hello. 